friends in Christ, completing extra work for a professor, doing more than is expected of work, giving an extravagant gift to your spouse, going above and beyond usually brings positive responses. In the gospel for today, Peter went above and beyond when asking Jesus about forgiveness. The rabbis would have told Peter that he should forgive someone up to three times. Peter suggested to Jesus maybe seven times. More than double that would be better. That seemed generous. Would that work? Jesus' answer 77 times meant a limitless number of times. His point was that Christians are to love and to forgive with no limit. If you've ever had a hard time forgiving someone, or maybe you're in that position today, it's good to hear Jesus set out his expectations for his people. It's also helpful that God gives us a real-life example of what godly forgiveness is and how it looks. If we learn from this, we'll be able to offer true God-pleasing forgiveness for someone who wrongs us. Today, the example of Joseph inspires us to forgive as God forgives and to extend comfort and kindness. To understand what's happening here in Genesis chapter 50, we have to have a brief history lesson. The father of Joseph and his brothers was Jacob. Jacob had kind of a bumpy life. Uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, his brother, were two very different people, and their father, Isaac, favored Esau. Fatherly favoritism was just the beginning of the family dysfunction. Jacob took advantage of his brother one day and made him promise to give away his birthright, the, the blessings that belonged to the firstborn son. And then he made sure that those blessings were his when he deceived his aging and blind father. And then he fled because his brother planned to kill him. Jacob knew what it was like to be on the wrong side of favoritism, but he later did the very same thing, clearly favoring one of his sons over the other 11. That was Joseph. As you might expect, their father's favoritism just caused the brothers to resent him. This describes the relationship pretty well. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, so they hated him and could not speak to him in a friendly way. Now, Joseph didn't help matters any when he insensitively uh, shared with the family his dreams that had all of them bowing down to him. Then his brothers hated him all the more. The family troubles intensified to the point where the brothers, some of the brothers, wanted to kill him and throw him into a cistern, a deep pit designed to hold rainwater. The story that they would take back to their father was that Joseph was killed by wild animals. His brother Reuben at least had some sense. He talked the others out of killing him. He still was going to throw him into a pit, but that was so that he could rescue him later. So they stripped him of the, the beautiful robe that their father had given uh, to him, and they put him in, in the pit. Pretty quickly, a, a caravan came by, and instead of uh, killing their brother, they decided to sell him into slavery. 
the bloodied robe would be the evidence they would provide to their father, along with the explanation that he was killed by a wild animal. The Ishmaelite caravan then sold Joseph to a prominent man in Egypt, and Joseph rose to prominence himself, ascending to the the second highest position next to Pharaoh in Egypt. In that position, he was in charge of Egypt's storehouses during a time of famine, famine when his brothers came to Egypt to find food supplies. When those brothers bowed down before the man in charge of grain distribution, they had no idea that they were bowing down before their brother. Joseph provided them with food. Ultimately, he revealed uh, to them who he was. There was a reunion with his father, and things were good. But then their father died, and the brothers were very afraid of what Joseph might do to them, which is where we pick up this morning. You see why that bit of history was important to understand the fear of his brothers. We also need that bit of history to understand what godly forgiveness looks like. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We say that in the Lord's Prayer at least every Sunday. We ask God to forgive our many sins of many kinds. We, we say that, that we forgive others Uh, who sin against us. So we have forgiving hearts that are patterned after God's forgiving heart. This is always the the way it has been with God's people. So after all of the the horrible things that Joseph's brothers did to him and all the, the terrible things that happened to him after that, we aren't surprised to see him break down and cry at his brother's repentance or hear him say to them, don't be afraid of me paying you back or watching him take care of their physical and emotional needs? Or are we surprised? Maybe it's more likely that we are surprised by that. We've all experienced uh, people doing unkind things to us, hurtful things, damaging things, traumatic things, things that are just etched in our memories, things that stir up uh, emotions, uh, difficult emotions. Well, Joseph endured some awful things too. Hatred from his family, almost killed, sold in slavery twice, unfairly accused, thrown into prison. But Joseph knew that God worked all those things, worked through all of them to bring about blessings in his life. Blessings through bad things. We can't always see how God could work good through some of our hurt at the hands of others. But sometimes we're unwilling to see it. Sometimes we would rather hold on to the hurt and hold on to the anger that we have towards someone. And don't be mistaken. Those are decisions we make. To be hateful in return, to be unforgiving, to to hold a grudge, to want to retaliate, those are decisions made in an unforgiving heart. The word for forgive that's used in this account means to take away. Another word that Jesus used for forgiveness means to send away or to, to let go. 
Forgiveness is a decision made in faith. I need to, to take away the sin that is done to me. I need to, to let go of the wrong that I've been a victim of. Regardless of whether the person acknowledges their sin to me or repents of it, if I don't forgive, if I don't let go, it's a me problem. If I don't forgive as God has forgiven, all I've done is sinned before God and sinned against the person who sinned against me. Imagine God looking down on two hate-filled people facing off against each other like gunslingers in a duel. Now imagine him looking down and seeing someone actually repent of their sins before you and you withholding forgiveness, holding on to bitterness and anger and resentment. Not a pretty picture, is it? In fact, it's an ugly picture. It's actually worse than you might have thought. The person who repents of their sin against you is forgiven by God, even if they're not forgiven by you. And there you sit, willingly, stubbornly, entrenched in your unforgiveness. That is not a good position to be in before God. We see something better in Joseph, don't we? Many would say that he had every right to to pay his brothers back. He could have wielded his power in in the face of their weakness. He could have made them slaves like like they did to him. When they bowed down before him, he could have reminded him, reminded them of, of his dreams. Instead of throwing them into a cistern, he could have thrown them into an Egyptian prison to rot. But Joseph knew God's love and his forgiveness. He didn't doubt that God used all of the terrible things that they did and all the horrible things that that followed that in order to bless him and to bless others through him. Put in a position to give in to his sinful nature and retaliate and withhold forgiveness, Joseph forgives instead. God wants his people to watch him as he extends undeserved love and forgiveness to people. And he wants his people to do the same for each other. What Joseph did long, long ago was pleasing to God. Peter and others who followed through on Jesus' expectation for his people to forgive, they also pleased God. God was pleased when the Christians in Ephesus actually listened to what Paul wrote to them, and, and which we heard in the second reading today, Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. And God is pleased when you and I freely forgive. Actions may speak louder than words, but how much more powerful is it when words and actions are combined? If you want to see an example of forgiving actions to follow that actually show that you mean it when you say, I forgive you, well, just look at Joseph again. You can see his forgiveness in the things that he did not do to them. You can also see his forgiveness in the things that he did. 
The brothers acknowledged their evil actions uh, before Joseph. They repented of them. They asked for forgiveness. They even said that, that they would be his servants. Fruits of repentance, you might say. And so there they were, lying on the ground in front of him, afraid and sorry and at his mercy. Joseph was moved by their repentance and the opportunity to be at peace with his family again. And what they would not do to him years and years before, he did to them now. It says he spoke to them in a kind way. So with tears in his eyes and forgiveness in his heart, he comforted them. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. His words and his actions flowed from a forgiving heart. And they truly had nothing to fear from their forgiving brother. In fact, just the opposite. They could be confident of his love and his care. He provided for the whole family there in Egypt. Could you do that? I mean, really, think about having... Excuse me. Think about having your family turn on you. Think about sitting there in a dusty hole in the ground waiting to die. Think about being tied up and put up for sale. Think about languishing in a prison. Could you forgive the people that that did those things to you and caused those things to be done to you? Well, let's leave the imagining and, and face the reality of our lives. We are a collection of people here this morning who have suffered in any number of ways. We have suffered uh, physical abuse. We have suffered emotional abuse. Our families have sometimes turned on us. Our friends have hurt us and let us down. The world has been unkind. At the hands of others, we've paid the price mentally, financially, socially. No one sitting around you this morning has just skated through life with everyone they have ever known always being kind to them. You're not alone. Now let's face this. How have you done at being forgiving in the way that Joseph was? Have you completely forgiven every time, even repeatedly, like Jesus said he expects from people who have been forgiven of so much themselves? The perfect one who endured mistreatment from his friends and enemies alike and was unfairly nailed to a cross to die, and in his last breaths from that cross said, Father, forgive them, is looking at you with an expectation. What does he see? I know what he sees when he looks at me. He sees someone who who readily 
accepts forgiveness from God. He even begs for it and receives comfort and relief from God's uh, forgiveness. And he sees a person who is not always quick to forgive others who have hurt me. I, I, I take forgiveness real easily, but sometimes it's hard. It's hard to hand it out. I have a feeling you might be able to relate to this. It does me good to review the life of godly Joseph and see in him an inspiring example of someone who freely forgave those who sinned against him. It does me even better to review the life and death of Jesus who gave his forgiveness when he gave his life. Like Joseph's brothers, I stand there asking Jesus to forgive me. And he comforts me. And he speaks to me in a kind way. And he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You are forgiven. And he does the same for all of you. Inspired by the example of Joseph, empowered by the love of Jesus, we can forgive others too. We can completely and freely forgive those who have hurt us too. And we can assure them that we mean it when we extend that forgiveness and extend comfort and kindness to them too. May God help us to do this. Amen.